0: Don't miss your free chance to tune into Benzinga's very own bootcamp series on November 20th. If you're looking to dive into new concepts and grow your account, this one's for you. Welcome back to the Long Run Show. This is Austin Wilson coming to you with Michael O'Connor. Hello. Today we are going to talk about value. What is value? Why do you buy it? How do we quantify it? It's qualitative. All of the above to do with value. Uh, this is going to be a little bit more of a philosophical episode, uh, but I think it's important to understand kind of the the philosophical, the, the mindset, the ethereal, if you will, around The why... Ethereum? <laughs> Not quite, but that too, we can talk about that. <laughs> so we're we're going to dive into everything from crypto, alternative investments to stocks, bonds, all of it. And how do we value it? Why do we value it? Why invest? Almost so. Mm. It's gonna be a, a bit of a, a meta episode here, but I hope you'll I hope you'll like it. So, to get things kicked off here, Mike, um, I'm just gonna ask you, what is value? Oof, that's
1: a quite the opening uh, salvo there, Austin. Uh, well, let's see. Ready? Go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the elevator pitch of what is value sell me on value sell me on value
0: <laughs> not value investing which again yeah, yeah. that that's something we can we can talk about here too like value investing that's a great point. growth investing are... i have never really understood the difference to be honest but but mm. initially value okay. what, what what is value when we say value why what do we what do we mean there
1: yeah at, at the end of the day value is a it's hard to pin down because it it's it describes so many things in so many different ways. I think the best way to do it is, I mean, like you said, take almost a philosophical approach and step back and try and try and look at what the first principles of value could be. <laughs> um, I think that value is a way of kind of quantifying what something means in relation to either, you know, the economist of me would say, you know, utility, (laughs) or uh, (laughs) perceived value is kind of also floating around there of, you know, there's this, the element that it is a, a construct of the mind in one way or another, because different people can assign different values to different things. But at the same time, there, I think there is an objectiveness to value that something that has a use or a some sort of actional actionable ability to it that improves either quality of life or survivability. I mean if you want to get down to the, the very deep level of you know what is the value of food or water or shelter. Um and there's the the classic you know would you rather have diamonds or water in a desert if you're gonna die. So it's <laughs> it's uh you know this value <clears throat> depends on the environment that you're in it depends on the situation that you're in depends on how you perceive the things that you're trying to value. But I think, I mean, without going too far down the rabbit hole there, I think in the average day-to-day life of both of us and in people who are listening and investors all over the globe, and especially in the United States, I think value is pretty out of our hands in a lot of ways. I think it's, hmm. it seems to be assigned in a lot of ways. And I think that's how a lot of people perceive things. Like if, if a shirt is... Thirty dollars at the clothing store, but it's suddenly it's fifty percent off. You say, "Wow, I got a great deal! Like that's great value, even though maybe to make it it was only a dollar." You know, (laughs) right? So there's, I think there is a, an ideology that value is in some ways assigned and in some ways out of the hands of any you know individual player. Um, So there's that kind of value, that exterior value that is almost imposed on us and our our experiences by exterior forces but then there's also interior value you know how you value a specific nft painting perhaps or right, a right. you know a different different thing so well that was a lot to a lot to say that it's it's complicated <laughs> and it's uh, it's difficult to pin down i think yeah it, it depends on the context all I right was talking for a while so i want to hear but, your thoughts yeah
0: no, no no so okay so so it, i think we bo- can both agree that it's complex so let me try to simplify it and uh, maybe I'm going to be jumping off a cliff here into the sea of complexity, <laughs> but my springboard is the, in this kind of, this formulator as you were trying to, to put words to what is value. I think I'm going to offer this as a, as a definition of what is value. I'm going to say value is the price someone is willing to pay to control something. Mm. So... I think that's a possibly flawed definition, so I'm willing to willing willing for you to poke holes in it. <laughs> but I think that really sums up the the mechanism, which is price that we use. Now, I mm-hmm. think there is a flaw in that because in my background uh, in marketing, we always we'd always think, and I would always approach things as okay. There's a certain amount of value that this product or service provides. But then my job as a marketer is to increase the perceived value and sometimes the actual value of the product or service by positioning it correctly, by explaining it well and clearly and simply. So I don't know that price is exactly correlated to value, but I think Mm. it's a helpful tool to understand value. Yeah. Um, And I think price is the de facto interpretation of value for everything. I mean... Diamonds and water, they might be priced differently in the desert versus in the jeweler shop, right? So you might get the water for free, and you might get the diamonds <laughs> yeah. for millions of dollars in the jeweler shop, and it might be the complete opposite in the desert. You might get the diamonds for free and you might have to pay millions for the water. So I, I think the everything you said is true. The context, you know, the context matters, all the all the externalities, kind of value is sort of figured out for us almost a lot of the time. Um, a lot of times it's not because in the in the example you were giving of the uh, shirt, you could go in there and barter for it technically mm. and you could get a deal on that, but it could be at the price that you deem correct in your perception of the value of that shirt. So I think there is some mind mindset there around value as well mm. that it's that it's possibly fixed or that it's um, figured out for us by some external force, uh, when maybe we have a little bit more control over it. Mm. Um, or, you know, for instance, a, a stock, you don't have to buy it at 67. You can buy it at 43 or, or you can have your price target set at 43 and wait for it to go back down to 43. Maybe it doesn't go back down. Okay. But that's the value you put on it. Mm. And there's, there's a, I guess, I guess maybe I'm going into a bit more mindset around value, but that's Mm -hmm. the value you place on it. And it's not worth it to you at 67. So I think there's some, um, some wiggle room there on the external nature of how value is determined for some thing, whether it's a stock, a shirt, diamonds or water. Yeah. I think that's uh, an important recognition. So it, it is interesting though to me, and you mentioned NFTs earlier. <laughs> it is interesting to me that we have a whole <laughs> brave new world of different things for the average retail investor to buy, and some of them are investments, and some of them are complete memes or yeah. jokes. <laughs> so, yeah. so it's it's interesting to me because I I, I think what we're seeing in the last five years really is a testing of what the traditional rules around value have been. Um, how, how are things perceived and valued is being really, is, is really being called into question. I think with the um, advent of cryptocurrencies and NFTs, and I'm not saying these things aren't valuable. I'm just saying they're so different. You can't apply fundamental analysis to an NFT. Hmm. There's no mm. P/E ratio to an NFT, right? You're not buying future cash flows with an NFT. You're not even buying future interest payments with an NFT, like a like a bond, right? So there, it's a it's a totally totally different. Um, and yes, of course, there's been art. You could buy art, but that's been locked off for uh, you know. Uh, an elite group of investors for a long time. Um, So this is, is really, I think coming this, this value discussion is really, is really (laughs) valuable because it's, (laughs) it's coming into the, the mainstream for retail investors who may have a thousand bucks to throw out an NFT and they want to want to figure out how to value it. Right.
1: Hmm. I think that's a great point because the, the increase in options of, what to do with your money or your time or which I think time has been the biggest with the internet. There's an increase in options of what to do with your time. And the money side is kind of catching up. There are now Mm. cryptocurrencies and NFTs and all sorts of things that are native to the the digital economy that, you know, the the money side is kind of catching up now. Um, That's an interesting point yeah there there has been a and and with the
0: cryptocurrencies i've, I've heard it explained as a, a protocol that actually pays the people who build the protocol mm, unlike, Yeah, like unlike yeah. email you know? yeah. fair yeah. i mean there's a yeah. lot of developers that built email and never got paid for what it was worth yeah so that maybe 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 that technology is is actually helping us um Distribute, not not distribute. I, I don't like that word there, but maybe um, quantify and reward people with value who actually d- deserve it, um, which is an interesting, interesting discussion.
1: Yeah, because I mean that that brings up a whole devil's advocate situation of, you know, does that mean that something that doesn't have a price isn't valuable? And you know, that's yeah. something that like I would consider email to be valuable, but I, you could, I mean, you could argue that you are paying an internet fee for. For cable, internet, Ethernet, whatever, or phone line, or whatever, so you're paying some sort of you're paying some sort of fee. But the value of individual services, how do you assign that for a free thing, like True. Gmail or something? True. Well, I would say everything
0: technically does have a price. I'm going to go economist on you here because you do have <laughs> a, a time, yeah, a time cost to it, right? So everything does have a price, um, and and that's even that goes to the individual to apply. That value to it because they're going to spend a certain amount of time using, you know, email or not using email or figuring out figuring it out or not figuring it out. I just discovered you can do folders in Gmail this year. Yeah, (laughs) welcome to 2021, Austin. But (laughs) I can do it. It's amazing. So, you know, you're you're there's a time component as well. So I think that helps with with uh, applying a quote unquote price that is an interpretation of the
1: value of a free thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's I, I like that definition because then that you know it leaves it leaves room for a more comprehensive definition of value because there's there's definitely been people who argue that, you know, oh you can't cryptocurrency doesn't have a value because it's 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 ethereal, it's Ethereum ethereal, <laughs> it's you know it's something that isn't necessarily I mean the whole the whole digital gold bitcoin argument slash kind of debate I think is really interesting because you know you have a situation where how do you define what an equivalent measure of bitcoin is to an equivalent measure of gold because you could you know 10 years ago you would say oh one bitcoin is let's let's say whenever bitcoin was about the same price as gold You can say, oh, okay, so Bitcoin is is a is a digital gold. It's about the same price per ounce as per coin. There's some sort of semblance of almost a almost a, a similar to like a consumer basket where like the Fed will Often released reports of oh, ba- this basket of goods, you know, milk, bread, gasoline, whatever. Which
0: which always puts yeah. a picture in my mind of an economist going to a store with a picnic basket and picking <laughs> out things and putting it in his basket and then measuring it. I don't know why. That I'm pretty
1: sure they it. actually, that's actually how it started. I'm, <laughs> I'm almost positive that that's legitimately what it, they would do originally. It might have been the economists. Are, Literally one people. basket of goods and they just measure it. But, anyways, yeah. It's, uh, it's funny to to see the difference between something like that i think i think a lot of people maybe fall into the mindset or you know maybe the trap of considering everything as a basket considering um everything directly in relation to other things that are more easily experienced Hmm. um what do you mean by that so i i would actually say that this is i would say this is one of the reasons why you know, still, I believe is less than fifty percent of the U.S. population has any kind of investments or any kind of um, stock. I don't. I think bonds included. Cryptocurrency is still at like three I mean, percent adoption. Well, no one. Maybe. No one wants to buy a bond. No okay. one wants to buy a bond, <laughs> especially right now. Exactly. But anyways, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I think I think this ties into why so few people are. In, I mean, and the numbers are far lower, pretty much everywhere else in the world. I believe there may be some exceptions to that, but I think that these the there is a difficulty in looking at something intangible, like a a portfolio of stocks and making the, making the leap from, you know, the value of my money can get me these things, X, Y, Z, and maybe not even physical things, you know, it could be a subscription service to Netflix or something. There's, there's a difference between that kind of value um, that is very easily experienced. And then a value that Takes more time to experience, or mm. you can't even directly experience. And I think taking the leap into that zone is is a is a challenge for the human mind as a as a as an object. But I mean, I think it's it's an important leap to make. And I think that's the part of the partly the main difference between something like physical gold and Bitcoin is that there is a leap there um, that you can't really there's no way around it that there is an inherent difference um, in the substance of the thing you know the, the gold at the end of the day even if you just have gold etfs or you know you just hire someone else to store your gold you still know it's there you still know that there is hopefully hopefully <laughs> true it's true there, there's some uh, there's a lot more paper gold yeah, than there is yeah, actually gold
0: but yes i that. know what you mean there there's a there's a leap of like oh, i, I know i could touch this to yeah what is bitcoin i can't touch that i can't hold it yeah but then again you might as well argue that it's the same thing with a dollar except we can touch the paper yeah but the value of the dollar isn't inherent to the paper that we're touching so we're not actually relate it's almost a it's almost a smoke and mirrors <laughs> trick at that point <laughs> and again i'm not trying to watch out they're listening to us <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not trying to trying to be a you know be a conspiracy theorist here that's not what i'm trying to do but but it is interesting because okay that you're saying okay well there's a physical element to something like or or an experiential element to something mm. like amazon prime or disney plus yeah. right where you actually experience it versus oh i own google stock or oh, oh i own i own um let's say ford and it doesn't really do anything or it goes down. It's like, okay, well, it, it, there's not really much happening here. Right. And so that's a harder thing to experience or it takes time to experience. Like what I just said, you have to have yeah. time for it to go down or go up. Hopefully Ford will go back up, but well, that's a whole new discussion. <laughs> I, Listen to our electric vehicles episode. Yes. Coming out that's a, that was a good well. one.
1: Uh, I think that's a great point like time, the, the the component of time in, in terms of value is extremely important i would say because and like you like you said they some values you can't really experience outside of time if you i mean look Mm. at interest rates yeah that's that's a perfect example right there it's a wild uh, a wild aspect of of values that that there is really inherently in in the majority of of, uh, of things there is some sort of time value like there, there is always the possibility that something could be less valuable or more valuable um even just in the exact same location don't have to be in the desert or a jewelry shop you know like right. there could, there's there's a, a a inextricable connection to time right in so many different things that it's i think it's easy to to not look at the long run sometimes yeah you, you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah. And, and it, I think probably value
0: makes a lot more sense in conjunction with time, which means you really need to look at it over the long run um, <laughs> because that'll help you understand, you know, what what you're looking at and what you're trying to value there. So I think that's a that's definitely an important element and it all wraps into the the context of broader umbrella of context around value that matters. Yeah. Um, but but I think it's important here. Let's drill drill into a couple different um, I guess asset classes, if you will, different different things you can buy as investments. Okay. So we've got things like cryptocurrencies, which we've already talked about. We've got things like NFTs, um, kind of tied together there. We've got things like Vino Vest, which yeah. uh, which is uh for those who don't know, is a um a wine investment platform where you can invest in fine wines for pretty reasonable mi- minimum. Um and they have their own Vino Vest 100 index, right? <laughs> kind of like the, the NASDAQ 100, right? Or the Dow Jones. So there, there are those kind of alternatives, if you will. I don't even, I don't even know what to apply to crypto because it's not really, I don't know. I guess it, it is sort of an alternative, but it seems to be correlated to the stock market. Anyways, I digress. <laughs> then you have stocks, which it, you're buying equity in a business. And then you have bonds, which you're buying debt and future payments. So there's cash flows that you're buying. With stocks, you're buying ownership in a business, which is most likely going to translate into some sort of future cash flows in the form of revenue and profits. So, those, so stocks and bonds, we've got a pretty easy way to quantify the value there. Um, some coins, uh, currency cryptos, some cryptocurrencies you can stake. So there's an interest component but others you can't There's like bitcoin i mean there's no staking with bitcoin it never will be it's a proof of work blockchain so there's i mean maybe you could lend it out for interest um but that's true you can't you can't uh it's there's no future cash flows <laughs> so like bitcoin how do you value that or an right. nft it's just a piece of artwork and everybody can technically see it, which I still don't understand. <laughs> but it's just a piece of artwork. It's even fine art. how do you value that right? So I guess it is just something that you you, you ask what is someone willing to pay for it which goes which mm-hmm. goes back to our original original proposition but our original defin- definition. but how does someone value those things that we don't really have a framework for like cryptos? or nfts or wine fine wine or if you're holding a a bottle of really nice McAllen 20 year or whatever right a fine fine whiskey investing how how do how do we put understand the value associated with those things because i think that's important as investors
1: yeah i think there's an interesting tie-in to those kind of things that are difficult to value and stocks that maybe have low volume and you see really oh. weird, like wild jumps in yeah. price, because I think it's similar. It's, it, there's, sometimes there are, there are difficulties in finding other people who value things similarly. And mm-hmm. sometimes it, you know, maybe it just takes time. Like maybe you, you buy an NFT for a thousand dollars and you list it for 2000 Maybe it never happens, but maybe it takes a year. Maybe it takes a week. Um, but it seems like there are definitely things that have lower liquidity. And that almost seems to be a, a very important factor in value is the liquidity, the the willingness. I mean, at the end of the day, liquidity is just the willingness of other people to engage in that transaction. So it, it's a stock that, you know, there's no volume. No one's really buying it. Sometimes you'll just see a big drop. And it's like, well, no one no one really wants to buy it. So it, it's, was the value, like let's say it was $10 on Monday and there's almost this very low volume. And then on Tuesday, it just suddenly drops to like $7. Was the value objectively $10 on Monday and objectively $7 on Tuesday? You know, it's kind of a weird market dynamic. And then it's, well, it's what of the individual subjective values. So it's a whole, it's a whole, there's a, there's a whole context. wild game. Yeah, yeah. context matters yeah. there. Yeah, it is. I think you
0: hit on something really interesting with any of the things that we buy as investors. We're looking to make money. Otherwise, we wouldn't buy. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly, but we all buy for different reasons and it takes two to tango at least. So it takes more than yourself. That's a great point to make a market. So realistically, it takes more than yourself to have value on something. Uh, when, it, when it comes yeah. to an investment. Uh, obviously, there's some intangible value that we're not talking about here. But but when it comes to an investment, it takes two to tango. You got to have more than one to understand. I guess that's the price discovery component of the market to understand the value of that investment or that, that asset, I should say.
1: And ideally, I mean, yeah, that, that naturally should create a situation where both parties receive some sort of subjective value from the exchange. That's so just like, the beauty of free markets, at least in, in my opinion, is that really at the end of the day, you know, a business providing a service, Apple selling an iPhone, Tesla selling cars, it should all be providing benefit for for both parties, which is such a unique, you know, you're not just taking a slice of the pie, you're making a bigger pie.
0: No, that's true. I mean, really, the, the very act of understanding the value, the, the price discovery, right, the very act of that increases the the pie because then each person is being compensated for that price discovery whether it's they're buying the asset or the or the service i guess if in your example or they're receiving payment for that in some form or another yeah or some some exchange there yeah that is that is interesting because without that without the price discovery or this the value there um you wouldn't have the exchange and therefore you'd be one less you'd have one less i guess exchange that happened so (laughs) therefore the pie is one less exchange smaller if that made any sense (laughs) but that that is really interesting because it it does take more than one person and so maybe that's why value is so hard to define Mm. because Mm. it's both maybe value, and maybe maybe value the definition for value is just a medium of exchange an interaction and, which is so yeah, yeah. we're getting we're distilling so far down. we really <laughs> do sound like philosophers here. So I, I apologize <laughs> to the uh, the down to earth among you who are listening. But um, I think that that might really be it. I mean,
1: the, the value is the exchange that happens between the two people. Hmm. That's really interesting because ultimately the the value, you know, unless uh, unless you're at the exact same value, which I think is almost never happens. I mean, this I don't think there's, there's any way to quantify that. Yeah, that's you know, I value that shirt at twenty five dollars. You value it as you'd rather have exactly the twenty five dollars <laughs> shirt. This, yeah, I think there's always a give and take. There's always a a a value exchange that should leave both parties better. I mean, of course, there's you know there are definitely some predatory tactics and misinformation oh, that of can be used. But but I think in the in the moment of the exchange is when, I mean, like you said, the value is itself that, that in that moment of exchange. Okay. So to drill down even further, hopefully we're not beating (laughs) a dead cow here is the
0: value created in the exchange or is it inherent in the goods that are That's a really good question. I mean, that's, that's a really
1: good question. We're splitting hairs. However, I think it might be, (laughs) might be interesting to, explore that I think ultimately I i think it is created in the exchange because if 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 the value is inherent in the object then it I guess value isn't necessary to be a value isn't necessarily communal then because if, if it could be if you can if you can personally create value because I think that I think I guess the the important distinction would be then you know what are what what do you describe things that you yourself, engage in that you value so there's there's almost a the value of <laughs> things you are let's say you let's, let's let's take a very simple example let's say okay. you please you, help me. yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> let's say you cut down a tree okay and you on on, on your property and we go farther farther back but let's say this is
0: reminding me of a microeconomics 101 <laughs> analogy for an externality but
1: Let's say you cut down a tree, um, and you carve it up into some a a chair. Let's say you carve it into a chair. Yeah. At the end of the day, there is value created by that action because, well, unless you don't value the chair, unless you're like this is a terrible chair, I'm just going to throw it away. (laughs) So there, there is there is the possibility for what whatever you value that at. But then when you let's say you exchange it, I think that's when. I think that's when the value is created rather than utilized. I, I would almost dis- distinct. I would almost lay a distinction of when the the activity creates the value. It's it's not necessarily value creation in a market setting. It's it's value utilization. Like you're 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 mm. spending you're spending some sort of input to create an output of of some sort of utility to yourself. But I think value, I, I don't know. I like your definition of value that it's, it's a communal process. It's an activity. So I think the value creation happens when there is another actor and there is an exchange. But I want to I hear your thoughts on that.
0: I, and this, this might be a cop out, but I almost think that val, the, the value is. And I, I think you were here when you made the distinction between utilization and created. I think it is both inherent to the object and created in the exchange. Because if there wasn't some value to the object, there wouldn't be an exchange. Mm. So I Good think point. it has to be both and, um, which, which makes sense. Um, and to, I think what makes that difficult is um you may value and this is why some deals don't happen is you may you may have created this value in in some object or some offering you bring it to the exchange however the other person doesn't perceive it as much a, at, at at as high a level of value as you have created in your mind so then the exchange doesn't happen but there's still value there there's some value attached to the object right mm. Um, yeah, so that's, that's a good point that's what I think has to be both um, And I think you you made a good point about it being utilized versus being created I think the utilization is it happens in the exchange portion and the creation mm. happens mm. whenever that is whenever that object is refined So a mm. stock goes IPO or a nugget of gold gets mined from the ground or a car comes off the line or a phone hits the store shelf then it then it has value and then an exchange happens when someone buys it almost it's almost like primary offering versus secondary offering Mm, series a A and series
1: b yeah 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 and and that makes sense because then you know the the, because in the exchange there is the creation of more value but it's not necessarily the 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 onus of the initial value it's not it's not the the first first mover yes indeed okay so but how does okay how does this affect our portfolio yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) i think we got we got real (laughs) philosophical
0: so those of you that like uh like philosophy i hope you're still with us um those of you that don't i hope you're still with us (laughs) i really hope you're still with us (laughs) um but yeah when it comes to our portfolios first question i have and we don't have to go super deep into this, but what's the difference between value investing and growth investing? I have heard the distinction between the two and I've never found it helpful because hmm. it it always seems to confuse the heck out of me. I've tried to explain it to people um, and and I've also watched others try to explain it to people and it is always confusing. It's always just a confusing mess and, and everyone at the... And at some point, everyone just acquiesces and starts nodding their head and saying, yes, I understand. <laughs> just to end the conversation. So value versus growth. We hear this all the time. Value stocks, growth stocks. Oh, it's the time of the value stock. We heard that earlier in 2021, at 2020. Um, what is that? What is there a difference? Should there be a difference? Is that a, just a dumb delineation? <laughs> Can we throw it out? That's a fair, that's a fair. I,
1: I will say that, like, like you said, I've definitely heard. I've heard different definitions, different ways of explaining it, at least for me and for my portfolio, how I invest, how I engage in the marketplace, I consider value investing to be more of a quantitative endeavor. So if I see a stock that, you know, there's some sort of, I also think it's tied to time, at least for me as well, because I think value investing for me is more like, okay, I see a stock that I really think should be higher priced or if i'm going to short it at lower price. and i think that there's you know there's there's a definitive there's a definitive um, difference in where the price or the kind of market assigned value is and where the more more correct i guess the more um, more technical value could be, you know, if you're doing technical analysis. but i think it's also more of a short term thing. like it's something for me where i'm thinking value investing, i'm thinking okay, i think this is going to correct in I don't know, the next three to six months. Mm. And I'm going to engage in this transaction, not necessarily for the ability to own the stock, but because I think that the price is going to change because I think that um, there will be a correction in the value. Whereas for a a growth stock or a growth kind of investment, I would consider something that I'm more interested in the long-term that I believe in the underlying innovation or activities or the the something about the stock or investment makes sense on a longer term that i'm not i'm not just saying that the technicals are undervalued this is, i i don't necessarily think there could might be a big price correction anytime soon but i think that the the time horizon for it is such that i i believe that it's going to grow in value rather than correct or or um or quickly change in value so at least for me, a value stock is is more short-term. It's more associated with technicals and what... I, actually, I guess I, I think say even better is For me, a value stock is associated with what I can perceive about it right now at any given instant time mm. um, that I see right now, this looks undervalued. Whereas a growth stock is more qualitative and more, you know, maybe I don't see... The price going up right now. Maybe I don't see the value right now, but I believe, and according to you know research, I have decent enough reason to believe not just a, not just blind faith in a stock, but an actual reason to believe that the the price will grow rather than simply shift. So that's that's how I approach it. But I want to I want to hear your thoughts on that and and how you approach value and growth. Yeah, I, I mean, since I was the one that
0: answered the or asked the question. I, <laughs> I typically don't use value and growth as a, as a measurement, um, but, or as a delineation or a, or a, I guess, category, um, to segment different stocks into, cause I just haven't found it helpful, but your definitions are actually very helpful, um, and make a little bit more sense when it comes to using the term. So I might, I might mm. use those in the future, I guess, value, I guess to me was more long-term in my mind, mm. um, which is odd cause I, I guess, I'm thinking okay well something's on sale and it's a good it's a good business then I would buy it and that's value but hmm. it's almost like you're you're kind of taking the approach of well this is just this is just not at the correct price right now hmm. it doesn't really matter if yeah. it's fundamentally a sound business it just it could be a really bad business model but they have more assets than their current market cap or something like that right it it there's yeah. some discrepancy there um, so I think that's helpful. I think the time component is also helpful. Um, interesting to see growth stocks turn into value stocks. Like we may mm. eventually see <laughs> Apple or Google. Oh, that's yeah. now a value stock, right? Like <laughs> yeah. that, that, that could be turning, you know, it could be at some point they level off and there's a price discrepancy there. Um, so that's an interesting, interesting uh, I don't know, I guess uh, future thought there. Um, as far as portfolio wise, I typically have looked for things I've typically taken a value lens to buying, but I also am guilty of just using ETFs a lot that are broad index Mm. ETFs. (laughs) Um, I have recently bought uh, more individual stocks and actually (laughs) I've been playing around in in Shiba Inu (laughs) over the last couple (laughs) of weeks here. And have been part of the the crazy meteoric rise
1: of, of the shib. It's a real question of value right there. It, it is a
0: real question of value right there, which I believe it does have better value than Dogecoin as a as a crypto. But um, we do we don't need to go down the rabbit hole. There. <laughs> um, but in in that aspect, I've been picking different entry points based on where I think things are headed and where recent. Levels. I haven't been doing exact technical analysis, but where recent levels have uh, have kind of produced themselves, levels of, of support really have produced themselves based on past spikes. So there have been three pretty big spikes, um, and I've I've kind of played off those as I see some sort of consolidation around a support level happen. Like, okay, this is my time to enter to prepare for the next one. Um, Now with that, I'm I'm, that's more of a catalyst trade, right? Yeah, I'm I'm kind of waiting for the Robin Hood thing to either fizzle out, in which case that's not a positive catalyst on the horizon, or to happen, in which case that's a huge positive catalyst, which could have amazing amazing effects, you know, on the on the price uh, movement of, of Shiba. So I think that's. I think that's a good example of, okay, I guess I'm looking at, uh, I'm looking for value in the short term at different price targets. So Mm. I think of, I think I'm taking more of a value approach to my entry points um, Mm. and, and not so much to the stock overall or the asset overall. If that makes sense.
1: No, that does make sense. Cause I think that, I think that's, Similar to, to how I approach it in that the, the value comes from the price rather than the underlying value, which ironically is kind of opposite of what we've been talking about. But I think that. Well, no, I think it, the
0: price is I think the price is a tool to interpret the value. Of the. Of, of the underlying asset. Yeah. Yeah. OK. <laughs> that, so that, that that' saves, that That's yeah. that that okay, what we're you were going to talk about and what we just <laughs> talked about for Woo! 20 minutes. So we didn't we didn't waste their time, Mike. <laughs> we didn't waste their time here.
1: No, oh, I, I man, think, my brain hurts. Yeah,
0: exactly. I think uh, I think that is true though. The, the the price is a tool to understand the value, which can change minute by minute with something like like Shiba Inu, <laughs> but um, it can change very quickly. But you can also play off of that. So I think that's something important to uh, to keep in mind when you're when you're thinking about your portfolio. and obviously, uh, this is investment advice, yep, although I think you'd have a hard time construing any of this as investment <laughs> advice because we sound more like philosophers. but at any rate, throw that out there. not not terribly good philosophers. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, um, yeah, as far as portfolios, I think it's important to think about the, the entry price. And I also think, Mike, your definition of value and, and growth is definitely value and growth stocks hmm. is definitely more um, valuable. <laughs> no, 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 no. Useful. <laughs> I, was, I was not going to say valuable is more useful Provides more utility, okay, <laughs> to the to the average uh, investor.
1: I'm glad I could exchange that to you. Oh goodness!
0: Well, I think we better let uh, let these folks go. We have to go. So appreciate you listening today. Um, if you could definitely hit hit us up, uh, give us five stars there, leave a review. Um, also, we are on LinkedIn as well. I know that's the weirdest way to connect, but that's how we connect. Okay, we're we're not. We're not one of those fast-paced Twitter hounds. We are here for the long run. We're, we're willing to connect with you and be around, have, have long-lasting relationships <laughs> over the long run <laughs> on LinkedIn. So hit us up there. We're, we're happy to connect and have, uh, have conversations and further discussion around value. Give us ideas what to talk about, too. We would welcome those as well. All right. This has been The Long Run Show. I'm Austin. And I'm Mike. Hopefully we'll see you next time.